It's simple. to an exclusive Reasonable Wrestling. We are here in, uh, well, you see where we're at. <laughs> we're with MVP, the most valuable player. Where are we, man? She don't even know what he doesn't even know what he <laughs> I mean, it's parts unknown, man, because quarantine. <laughs> social distancing. Yeah, we are not social distancing right now. Hold on, matter of fact, you're... Matter of fact, before, you know what I mean, to, to, to make sure I appease <laughs> the woman. Yeah, yeah, put your, put your mask on. Don't get me sick. Welcome to Reasonable <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> um, this is I, the Most High. Special COVID edition. With, with, my, with my tag team partner, CT, a.k.a. Chitty Bang. And we are here bringing you an exclusive uh, Reasonable Wrestling interview. We're here with MVP. Uh, first off, thank you so much for joining us, taking thank the time you. out. Um, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing exceptionally well, man. I'm, it's, a, it's a good time to be MVP right now, so <laughs> I'm all right. Um, well, first off, um, I, I think a lot of us who are fans of yours were super excited for your Royal Rumble return. Uh, <laughs> kind of how did that come about, um, you know, how long did it take to get ready? When did you get the call? Like, how how did that how how did that work when you, when you got that call? Um, that that process was uh pretty cool. I reached out to uh, one of the higher ups at WWE because there was a discussion in the past about me being a guest, but this time, you know, as you know. I'm a father now, <laughs> and my, you know, being a father changes your whole perspective on life. Thank you. My son's five, and right now, the things that concern him more than anything else in the world, professional wrestling, ninjas, samurais, and kaiju. That's what he's about right now. So that's definitely my kid. But um, with his sudden interest in wrestling... And I remember one day he walked up and he asked me the, the, the question no dad ever wants to hear from his son. He looks at me and he goes, Dad, do you know John Cena? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, who, who, how do you know John Cena? He's from WW Wrestling. I'm like, what do you... So apparently his, uh, I'm guessing his uncles and you know people on his mom's side have been showing him stuff. But from that, you know, I... Decided, all right, well, I'm going to spend some time with him. And I started showing him some videos. And um, I brought him back when I was going down wrestling in Mexico for uh, for Del Rio, a Patron, Nacion Lucha. I brought back a La Parca mask. Oh, okay. A little, a, okay. You know, a little kid La Parca mask. Yeah, and yeah. I gave it to my son. And somehow, you know, these little kids are wizards now. You know, they get on the, the iPad yeah. and so he tells me, Daddy, my favorite wrestler is La Parca. And I remember like, all right, yeah, oh, yes. You know? um, 
But you know, little by little, like, you know, all of a sudden he's actually like naming wrestlers. And I see he's watching it now and he's into it. And his mom's sending me videos of him, you know, doing flips and, you know, beating up pillows and, you know, uh, mimicking my entrance. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, he's at the point now where he understands that, you know, what WWE is. And I had taken him to see me wrestle a few times on, you know, the indies. Um, ROH did a big show in Houston, and I came in as Kenny King's guest tag team partner. Yeah, shout out to Kenny King. BBC. And, uh, <laughs> little brother Tom Kenny. He, uh, so we worked that out, and I had arranged for my son to, to come with his cousins and his uncle. So he finally got to see Daddy, like, wrestling. And it was, they, they had a big house. They had, like, 7,800. So, you know, it was a huge surprise. And uh, the reception that I got from that, that ROH crowd in Houston, like, the, the MVP chant, was so humbling. But my son was there. Yeah. And he got to see, like, you know, hear everybody chanting MVP. And it was cool because Kenny comes up, you know, we, we, uh, we went up in the match. And I'm over there and I give him a hug. And Kenny comes up and Kenny goes, I see you, Cam, I see you. And Ken, my son's name is Cam, and he stands up on the chair and he, Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Wakanda forever. So, um, so on the heels of that, and just you know, seeing my son's interest in wrestling, I reached out to to the higher ups that you know, and told them that I'd be interested in being a surprise entry and entry into the Royal Rumble if, if they were interested, and apparently they were. So they they reached out and we came to terms. And for me, it was for my son. Okay. I just wanted for my son to be able to see Daddy on WWE wrestling. You know, just that's such a, and how like how is it being back? You know, wrestling like Rey Mysterio again. Does it feel like it's a flashback to like the old days, or, or is it surreal to be back and you know uh, being in the WWE again? Because I was like we said, we popped, we completely popped seeing you in the Royal Rumble. We didn't expect it, and it was a moment for us. So how was it for you on the other end, like going through it all? And being back where you're Yeah, when you, when, they, when you go through the curtains and then, I'm coming! Yeah, me <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, again, like I said, man, and you, you can relate, but like all of this was motivated by my son. Okay. So I'm, I was in a completely different mindset. Okay. Uh-huh. I wasn't coming back where I said, yeah. MVP, my moment, my glory. I'm thinking, man, how's my son going to react to this? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, here's this, you know. So, you know, getting back, you know, coming to the building and, you know, being brought in and, you know, seeing everybody and, oh, man, you know, you're back. And I'm, like, I'm just back for the Rumble. Is he excited to see his dad in the ring, like, you know, oh, man. on TV? Was, you know, like, his first WWE event was the Royal Rumble. Okay. Oh, that's wow. first wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. And, and that's floor, floor seats. Like, okay. he's right there, okay. you know. And my son, by this point... Never been jealous of a five-year-old. But <laughs> <laughs> well, his, at that point, he had progressed to Rey Mysterio uh-huh. being his favorite wrestler. Okay. And uh, he would, man, he would do, uh, you know, the Rey Mysterio-style splash, and all of a sudden he's doing, hey, Daddy, Daddy, I'm going to do the West Coast pop on you, and, you know, jump. So Rey Mysterio had become his favorite wrestler. Rey Mysterio was a very close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, as cool as it was, you know, my son had been telling me for some time, like, hey, Daddy. He said it just like this. He goes, um, Daddy, I'm going to need a Rey Mysterio mask. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> gonna, you, I said, really? You're going to need it? Uh, I'm a- <laughs> he said, yeah, Daddy, I'm going to need it. I said, okay, well, let me, let me, 
let me see what I can do about that. I'm going to call Rey Mysterio. So Ray, Ray was doing some uh, promotional stuff with Kane, and I hit Ray up. And I said, hey, man, you got your mask with you? Can you uh, call out my son real quick? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, give me a minute. I'm doing something. You know. So he was in a, in a limo, and I see the call, and I look at my son. I'm like, hey, it's for you. <laughs> and I answer it, and there's Ray. He's like, hey, Camden, what's up, bro? And my son's just looking, and he's looking at me. <laughs> he's like, Daddy, Daddy, is that Ray Mysterio? And Candy's like, yeah, it's Ray Mysterio. What's up? All that talking, you know, and all of a sudden the cat had his tongue. You know, he oh. was, so then he started talking to Ray for a little bit. So, you know, to, to go to the Royal Rumble, get the reception that I did, get in there, have a moment with Brock, and then bounce out, and then go to the back. My son saw the show. He comes in the back, and there's Ray Mysterio. With a mask. So they had a moment together. He gave him a mask. And the next night, I they asked me, hey, man, can you come to San Antonio? And uh, Paul Heyman, I had discussed with my son. You know, Paul, you know, we, we stayed in touch. We were cool. So he knew my son. And I expressed to him you know, how much it meant to me, you know, for my son to see me. So I was supposed to be used on, 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 on Raw on San Antonio. And they had, like, some sort of a tag team match. And Paul Heyman came and said... You against Ray. Okay. And wow. at that point, I thought, like, okay, this is my coup de grace. This is my farewell. I'm great. And, uh, you know, my son was going to be watching. So he was mm -hmm. going to see Daddy wrestle his favorite mm -hmm. wrestler on Raw. So at this point, that's all I could ever dream of. That's all I wanted. At that point, that's all I wanted. And, you know, Ray and I went out there, and we had a good night. I was standing there, and it's Raw, and there's Ray, and, you know, it's like, you know, the crowds. Me and Ray did a little spot, and the crowds, you still got it, you know, feeling good. And uh, at that point, I really thought that that was my last WWE match. And fortunately, they uh, offered me a job as a producer, which I was interested in. But off the heels of that, they had an idea, well, hey, let's, let's do this thing with Drew. And then let's do this thing with Edge. And let's do this, you know. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be uh, back to, to still be used and, and, you know, to still be able to contribute, you know. Because you you have such a character that's iconic, you know we we've seen it throughout the years. MVP is a legendary character. You guys don't know. It's 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 going to be in the annals of history. So when you see when when we see you on on the mic, it's you have such a way of garnering heat, you know. And obviously right now it's during COVID nineteen. There is no crowd. But when right, you're in front of a crowd. Now that's what I was just about to ask. Now he was like, I came back and the crowd was chanting like. What's it like now? Like, well, like, what's the contrast of, of 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 not having a crowd and working? And well, I came up from the Indies, so I know what it's like to work for three. I've done that before. Um, it's it really is different though. And one thing that I think people really need to understand: um, professional wrestlers and fans, we have a symbiotic relationship. We go out there and we do things to get a reaction. You give us a reaction and it pushes us to push hard. We want to, we want to entertain you and we want your, your, your praise. So as a result, you know, when that adrenaline is flowing and you have that atmosphere, falling off that ladder, yeah, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt quite as bad, you know, because you, you hear that explosion from the crowd and you got that immediate payoff, like, yes, we did that right. Um, but then... 
when you have an empty arena and you see like the ladder match that Kofi and, uh, and Morrison, Uso, and Morrison and, uh, Uso, had, you know? yes. I'm watching this and I'm cringing because they're doing this in an empty building. Right, so the adrenaline can't yeah, get yeah, you, yeah. can't push you through. How much That's you why that was, my favorite, <laughs> that was my favorite match at WrestleMania because of the sacrifice at that moment. But can you reach that water? Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, like, that's missing so, to some extent. So how are you guys managing that? So I, I'm, it's drive, you know, you, you, the show must go on, you're going to perform. And when, if you're a professional wrestler, you came up through the ranks, you performed in front of crowds where there was just a handful of people, you know, and where there wasn't that big explosive crowd. Uh, at this stage, it's just uh, a dedication to your craft. You know, people are still watching, and we're still entertaining, and you just push through, make it happen. Um, you know, that match that I had with Paulo Cruz. Shout out to Apollo. Shout out to Apollo. Apollo Cruz stepping up, trying to make yeah. his way. <laughs> you know, I, I jumped on the opportunity to be able to work with him. So, man, we, you know, do something. I said, let's pick this up. So, um, during that, because we're in an empty building, man, I'm being MVP. I'm talking to you, man. Boy, I'm with you, man. You don't belong. You know, I'm just, and, you know, I'm enjoying that because in a crowd, when you do have a, a big arena, can't hear that. Right, you know, right, right. MVP, right. 007 MVP was talking trash from start <laughs> to finish. You just couldn't hear it. But as people at the house shows, they heard it the whole time, you know. So that you know, that's one of the, the ways I guess you get around that. You find ways to still you know, add creativity. Definitely added to the matches. Honestly, sit hearing the hearing the audio audio. It without the crowd there, from a viewer standpoint, it does add to the match. I yes. Yeah. I, it, I, so we're we're kind of in the minority of wrestling fans where it kind of is enjoyable not having fans semi-hijack a match where I can kind of like pay attention to the psychology of a match or I can watch transitions and stuff like that because right yeah and think like things that I want to kind of enable myself with I kind of can do that now you know what I mean but I do know as a fan if Florida would have held up and told us we could have went to Tampa, I would have been there. <laughs> so I, you know what I mean? So I, you know, so I think a lot of people would have. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I'm talking about both sides of my neck yeah. here. So um, now with, you know, we want to kind of talk about the business side of how COVID is affecting. But here on our show, we kind of love to get the, the personable of a wrestler if we ever did get to talk to one. So how has COVID-19 affected you as far as life goes, you know, you, you do have a little one. Houston is not it, it, it's not the best of yeah places to be at during yeah. the pandemic. Dude, I've just been you know following the guidelines, practicing common sense, washing my hands a lot, using hand sanitizer when I travel. I wear a mask. I use lots of hand sanitizer. I don't wear gloves, but I'll go so far as to I carry disposable tissues. Okay. I use those to you know touch you know. Um, on the flights, the flights have been empty. So you know, I'm on a plane that goes 130 people and there's seven people on it. So you're all yeah. distanced out. Um, and, and that's how I've been handling it. Uh, you know, I, I still make time to spend time with my son. 
but his family's been, uh, his grandparents lived with them, so they've been really uh, good about maintaining their uh, social distancing and uh, keeping, uh, keeping them safe. So, you know, fortunately, you know, I'm healthy, I'm fine, and, you know, hopefully we'll all be able to get back to whatever normal <laughs> is, you know. I know everybody wants to get out, everybody wants to get back to life, and, and hopefully we can all do this together soon and then be healthy and get back to concerts and and, and, and pro wrestling shows and bars and, and lounges and all that good stuff. But I, I mean, and, and, and leading right into the next question, business, right? Like, the, normal. Like, what, what do you think the, the new normal kind of will be with the state of the business now that we're kind of seeing the value of TV and stuff like that, uh, but also losing. How do you think the future of the... I, I think the future is, is fine. I think like anything, economically, this impacted the entire globe. So there's going to be, you know, your, your rip, the ripple effect. You know? Okay. People are hurting. You know, people aren't able to work. You know, businesses are closing, and it's rough for everybody. I, you know, I live in Houston, which is an oil economy. Lots of people got laid off. You know? there's, there's a lot going on. But I think that already, you know, cities and states are moving to take steps to, to try to open economies and with that they're also trying to put in place certain safeguards where they're saying uh, certain establishments can open at a fraction of their capacity okay. you know restaurants maintaining distance between the tables um, trying to get the economy back going but still trying to, to pay attention to social distancing guidelines and the protocols and, and to stop the spread so I think that in the very near future we'll get to a point where we'll slowly I, I don't think it's going to be tomorrow okay everybody can go outside now I think just as it was incrementally rolled out it'll be incrementally reeled back in and you know hopefully you know by you know, this time next year it was all a terrible terrible dream yeah I just hope that everybody's going to keep the safeguards so we can get to a point sooner than later where we can come and congregate and do things like wrestling shows and concerts and all the like you know so um, but but through this time, you know, um, it's just been, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been a roller coaster, you know. Um, it and it, when it comes to wrestling community, I think that it's been nice having you guys, you know. You know, yes, and, and yes, we yes. appreciate it. Yes, you know, yes. during this time because yes. it's a lot of things shut down. NBA, NFL, uh, yeah. you know, MMA, everything shut down. The world's, I think that's. We we I think I, I of course is I'm I'm making a joke but like I tweeted maybe Vince is God because going back to that <laughs> that 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 storyline because like nothing impacts his business <laughs> bro bro nothing impact and like we had of course you know our sensibilities about it like you know but at the end of the day we are appreciative that Vince put his head down put his nose to the grindstone as a coach would say and push forward and 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 of course yeah you have <clears throat> like anything man nowadays everything is so polarizing right yeah. you have those people that go man I'm so happy that these people are making these kind of sacrifices to give mm -hmm. us entertainment 
And then you have the extreme opposite where how dare they, they should be home and <laughs> nobody should. Um, and, and I get it, you know. And then you have the people that say, well, how come they can, but they can't. Yeah, know? right, right. You, you've got all of that. My job isn't to be concerned about that part. My job is to make sure that when they ask me to perform, I give the best possible performance I can give so that the people who are sitting home watching and looking to be entertained are entertained. Yeah. That's the, you know, that, that's my, my focus. And I do my part, like I said, with social protocols, you know, social distancing and all of that stuff. So on, on that point, so has your role on Raw has your role on Raw been impacted uh, um, during this time, friend? Um, I you can't come like you said. Royal Rumble came back. You had a few matches. You did a few VIP lounges. Now it seems like you're a staple on on, yeah, on, on, on Raw. They keep asking yeah. me to come back. You know, people said MVP. I thought you retired. And, and to be very clear, I never said I retired. Okay. okay. I thought that match with Rey Mysterio, and I said very specifically my last. WWE match. Okay. I thought okay. I was going to move okay. into a position as a producer okay. and then keep all, because uh, the deal that I had in place with WWE, they were very cool about letting me meet all of my independent obligations. Okay. So all the bookings that I had for the year, they were like, man, go ahead, take care of your bookings. We'll work the schedule so we can work with you. They were very accommodating. So I was just going to knock out my indie dates and just move into my role as a producer and, you know, I was going to be happy with that. That was, I felt like that match with Ray was a great, you know, yeah. into that chapter I was cool with that and then they said hey can you come back and do this thing with, with Drew I'm like, yeah of course I'd love to and me and Drew go way back and then oh now can you do this match with Drew yeah, yeah alright so like I said I never retired but you know people ask me I'm like yeah as long as they keep paying me I'll keep coming back well you're setting the stage for the future you know and I, and I think that you're working like you said you're working with Apollo and you work with Drew, and you are giving back to the business in this in this time, and that's special, you know. Um, speaking of like you know your lineage, because right right now you're a veteran, do you, how, your role being the age or you know being behind the scenes, how's it how's it, you've been working with that? Like how do you like it? Like how do you? Yeah, how's that transition, transition from for you? A lot of like Barry Bonds is not a good coach, right? Barry Bonds <laughs> is, Barry Bonds is one of the greatest hitters of all time, but he can't tell somebody how to hit. As yeah. far as you being a great performer and being able to talk on the mic, uh, you know, like CT said, garnish a reaction from the crowd. People who are semi, I guess, struggling in that aspect, um, how, how are you fitting into that role of being a, a mentor? I enjoy it. I was very fortunate that when I was coming up, there was just, uh, man, a who's who of, you know, Hall of Famers and, and, and greats and unknown indie greats, you know, guys who were awesome but you just never heard of them okay. that, that contributed to, to my upbringing so, in, in, in wrestling. <clears throat> so, I had so many people give that time to me. I'm very grateful to be able to return that, you know, the, the knowledge that was shared with me. I'm, I'm happy to give it to those who want it and who are willing to, to put it to, to, to use and, and apply it. And my time in WWE, especially with some of the younger guys, it's it's so humbling for me when I'm see when guys come up to me and tell me like, Yeah man, I used to watch you and you were my favorite or oh, you know, I remember and then ask me for advice. Hey, what do you think about this? Or the fact that, you know, in, in my role as as a producer, it's my job to mm, say, Hey, yeah. do this this way, don't do this that way, you know. 
so because you know that is my 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 area of expertise, the mic and presentation. I don't teach anybody how to do a promo. I'll just take people and, and try to help them improve what they've got because mm -hmm. I feel the best promos always come when you're being you right. with the volume cranked all the way up. Okay. When you look at The Rock, that's Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he got the fucking volume all the way up. I could imagine a young Dwayne at the that's, University yeah, of Miami talking hell That's him, exactly. <laughs> that's where he got all that from, Rudy Poo. That, that's all that Miami talk. You know? Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's Steve, man. He just got the volume cranked all the way up. You know, MVP, that's me. I just got fucking volume. So I always tell people, promo-wise, and that's the one thing I do, just, hey, yeah, I, I can show you subtleties and placement, you know, how you, you know, pause here, you know, facial expression there, but that's that's more of a thing that you, I can help you shape it, you know, yeah. and I enjoy that, you know, when somebody goes, hey, you know, that was cool when you suggested to say this that way and take that pause, man, mm -hmm. that really helped me, oh, cool, man, I'm glad I was able to do that, so. What, what ingredients goes into making, you know, uh, a star, you know, in, in, in the business, you think? Right now, because it's, it's it's different from 07. It, it's it, a lot. Right, it's yeah, different it's making a star in 07 than it is now. Oh, when you say making a star or the ingredients? The ingredients, what, 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 what it takes to be a star. Because fundamentally, that hasn't changed. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're looking for a star, you're not looking for the best wrestler. You're not necessarily looking for the best looking wrestler. Like you said, there's a recipe you need a few attributes to make a star so yeah you do need somebody with the athletic prowess and physical wherewithal to put on exciting matches okay and and aesthetics matter mm -hmm. you know Braun Strowman I'm sure he thinks he's a good looking guy but he might not be what traditionally what you would figure the most handsome guy but he's a very manly manly big bearded giant of a man mm -hmm. <clears throat> aesthetically when he walks into a room, oh, wow. Right. <clears throat> um, I think in, in, in this day and age, this is a digital age, this is the media age, but professional wrestling has always been about talking people into the yes. building. Yes, yes. Talking people into watching. Right. And that is a, a characteristic that you can't do without. The star has to be able to, to captivate a crowd, to yeah. talk to them, to develop a relationship with them. So, um, charisma, you know, professional wrestling is a narcissistic business. Yes. You have to, yes. have to have a certain level of confidence okay. if you want to perform at the top. And everybody wants to be at the top. Or at least, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I know my philosophy was, why are you lacing up your boots if you don't at least want to try to be the main event? Yeah. Everybody can't be the main event. You know? yeah. <clears throat> But don't you want to try to be there? You know, and you have to have a certain level of, of confidence to be able to get in there, and you put all of that together, and I think that's the the perfect makings of a star. But oh, and and there, there but there does has to be, a, uh, in my opinion, there does have to be a certain level of, of humility. Okay. Now, I I'm sorry to cut you off, but this leads into CT's favorite portion of MVP's career, you taking that quality that you have, 
taking it to TNA and how did that come about because you were captivating as hell on the mic during that time frame I mean what you guys created with BDC honestly I think it's very underrated I think it spoke I think that had a lot probably from the outside looking in probably had a lot of elements of you in there uh, and um, it seemed authentic you know I think that it created Bobby's best run of his career you know I think there was a lot attributed to that era so I was curious as to how you approached wrestling at that time and how that came about Ah, that was a very fun time period for while it lasted. The way that came about, low key. <laughs> this is his new t shirt. Pick it up now at lowkey.com. That's L O W hyphen K I dot com. Order one, buy one. It's cool as hell and it's not that cheap material. It's that, that nice plush cotton that drapes just right. Yeah, order two or three of them. Um, we have always had this saying, like, in pro wrestling, like, what's better than making money with your friends? Okay. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You got to work. Unless you're rich. Everybody got to work. So you got to work, man. Why not work and make money with people you like, you know? Yeah. So, um, as things worked out at the time, I had returned from Japan, took a year off, and... Um, Schedule-wise, TNA offered me a spectacular deal. And I said, all right, you know, WWE told me the door was open for me to come back one day. So I said, all right, let me, let me take this route. And we had a talk about creatively some things that, that we would be willing to do. And I'll give credit where it's due. Um, they were They were allowing a lot of people at that time to really... Uh, contribute creatively okay. direction. They were really open to suggestions and ideas, and they were very open to my suggestions and ideas for what we were doing with, with the group. And it came about because they used to see us hanging together all the time. <laughs> yeah, every time we see these, you know, they're, they're hanging out together, especially in Japan. When we went and did the show, when uh, Impact went over to Japan, uh, one of the writers was saying, "Man, every time I look up, I see Joe." And MVP, mm-hmm. you know, so <clears throat> we like, yeah, man. If we're just hanging out and having, you know, let's let's do something with it. So I pitched the idea of, well, I no, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't pitch the idea, but we talked about an idea of doing the thing where Bobby gets kicked out, and you know, with the the group transitions. Because yeah. officially, I didn't want to have a name. We all agreed. Be kidding about it. Okay. We didn't want to have a name for the group. Okay. Somehow it became MLK. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. And Kenny was the one that actually came up with the name. Because they wanted, now, okay. the, now they wanted our faction to have a name. Okay. okay. And we were trying to come up with something. And <clears throat> we were, uh, Sam Roberts, shout out to Sam. He uh, really, yeah, we were on his show. Okay, me, Key, Homicide, and Joe. All right, and we were all just talking about how we all came up in the Indies around the same time. We were okay. boys, you know. And Sam Roberts said, So basically, you guys are like the Wu Tang of pro wrestling. Oh, okay. ah. Boom, like 
Yes, yes, we are. Uh, the way I had it figured, low key is the jizzer. Of course, homicide is ODB. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had Joe in as Raekwon. Okay. And, you know, I'm Tony Stark's the Iron Man, you know. I got it. Ghost. But off of that, you know, we came up and Kenny was like, oh, man, what about, like, Beatdown Clan? Mm. Like, that has a little ring to it, man. Beatdown Clan, BBC. And um, it worked. You know, and then we came up with the, from the influences of me and Loki and, and Joe being in Japan, the idea with the Oni mask and the whole samurai, you know, just, and it all came together and it worked, you know. Yeah, it was definitely a moment for, uh, for Tina at the time, and that's what you, you want, is the things that you can remember, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was a moment. You were real. You said nigga on TV. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now speak now. Now us as my favorite is uh, is like low key and kid because they didn't know I was gonna do that. Okay, oh, okay. that was one of those things. Where I was like, man, I'm just gonna ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah. You know? So they had no idea. Was, yeah. You know? So and you see Kenny. You, at, you see Kenny in the background. Go. Do <laughs> you know how hard it is to find that clip on YouTube? We had to do some. Digging the find that man. They try to scrub that from the thing. Now, as creatives, you know, um, as creatives, how liberating is that to, 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 to? Because we're as artists, we're sensitive about our shit. You know what I mean? So, like, how, how liberating is oh, it my, to, my, to, my. To, <laughs> to, to, to have your influence, to have your vision, and for it to have. Resignation through, through through the years Man, of being it's incredibly rewarding because again like you know Kenny and I became friends and Joe and Key we had been friends okay so at this point like and this is great like me and my boys got yeah. a faction and you know we got ideas and then they're hearing us out and it's working and yeah. and you know again anytime I've been very fortunate in my career you know I got the gift of gab. So everywhere I've been, they've always given me the mic, and they've just said, hey, man, go, here's what we want. Go say this the way you would okay. say it. And, you know, I, I had that kind of freedom, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. For whatever, you know, creative headbutting and, and, and management, you know, issues that, <laughs> that transpired there in the end, for that period, it, the relationship was really cool because, you know, they, 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 they let us have fun. And I think everybody else had fun too because people always say like, "Oh, that was one of the best times for that that show." And, you know. I wanted to ask real quick. Um, prior, you know, you run with WWE. You had a, a moment with WrestleMania angle, a WrestleMania run where you're gonna face Chris Benoit, and he wasn't there. How did you manage to build a whole angle on your own practically? Do you remember that time? <laughs> and like, because he was injured, I think at the time. Um. And it's funny, man, because I don't, I, until Chris mentioned it to me, I didn't remember that, that whole buildup. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it in so long. But I remember, you know, working with the, the writing department, and they were doing the thing where each week they brought out some world, you know, some yeah. made-up world champion from different places, and I'm, you know, B, uh, BT Bukabongo. <laughs> I think that was D-Ray. I can't pull it up today. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Cedric was Von Hausen like, yeah. from Wittgenstein <laughs> or something. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, a few of them, you know. So, 
Um, I, thinking back now, it was so incredibly cool that they put that kind of trust in me because you know I was just off the Indies and you know right. Vince was like, "No, this kid, I like what he can do." So let's give him an opportunity. So they just kept putting the mic in my hand. And that's a huge investment. They're giving you TV time. Yeah, They're going to yeah. give you the mic right. and say, go right. out there. Right. And I was very fortunate That's still again. investing time in. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, that's... I would, I would sit down with the writers, and the writers would say, okay, here's what we want for this segment. Now, we can't, you know, obviously write for you, but just, you know, here's bullet points, get a general idea, we look at it. And then I said, okay, this is mine. And then I would just go out there and make it MVP. So, so we 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 want to go ahead and pivot that into what's probably going to be the closing of the the interview. You spoke on it, and it led up to this point. The ingredients for us making a star. Um, you just spoke on how you've always had the ability to to be able for someone to invest in you with TV time, as far as mic time. Is that, do you work, we love black wrestlers, and we don't see the opportunities in the business given to guys like you or Booker in the past 25, New Day just now kind of has preceded themselves into that realm. When it comes to star making ability, um... How do you how 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 can we get more of of us in that limelight? Now, uh, I think the first thing that popped into my head at that moment was Tyler Perry. Didn't he just drop a bunch of money to build some studios in Atlanta? Yeah. Tyler Perry said, hey, I'm going to start making movies the way I want to make them for who I want to make them for. And, you know, people get really sensitive about, you know, issues of race and culture. But there are certain things that, you know, you have Bollywood. Those movies are made for people from India primarily who speak that language and who are accustomed to that. Everybody creatively, you know, makes something that, that, that resonates culturally to them to them so I don't see any issue. I remember years ago you had Urban Wrestling Alliance mm. where you had to go look that up go find that you had, I'm gonna you know, Google that the Rough Riders and you had uh, wrestlers coming out aligned with hip hop and you had a DJ was playing the entrance music and people were coming out the problem with that as I recall was that you had it was a, a very TV there were no wrestling people behind mm. the show they brought in some wrestling people, but you had writers kind of, you know, trying to turn actors into wrestlers. and You had a lot of wrestlers involved, and there was a lot of potential, but it just didn't quite. Um, but to answer that question, you know, hip-hop and wrestling is, is, is awesome. So, you know, boom. For that, do what we've always done. Create our own. And... If you look at the landscape of professional wrestling, it's becoming a very do-it-yourself yes. thing. I mean, WWE is the empire. They are the global brand of recognized professional wrestling. But now there's been a renaissance. 
you've got all these other companies popping up. You know, the indies are busier than they've ever been. Like, there's a resurgence of wrestling. And there's good wrestling everywhere. You, we can debate, you know, what's good and what's bad. We can debate this generation versus that generation. But at the end of the day, if you enjoy wrestling, just watch it. Yeah. And, you know, do you like burgers? Or do you like McDonald's? If you like McDonald's, go eat McDonald's. Enjoy your McDonald's. If you like burgers, go to Five Guys. Go to In-N-Out. Go to Burger King. Go to Checkers. Spread it around. But at the end of the day, just enjoy wrestling. Yeah, and as you say, there is a lot of options on the menu now. Yes, yes. You know, that have opened up. You know, so it, it, there is options. And I think as wrestling fans, we, we kind of get lost in that. You know, there's, there's this entitlement of, all right, I want to see what yes, I want to see. Yes, yes, But at the same time, there is many options. So there are other places that you can, you know, take dabble in and view. Like, you know, so New Japan, like you worked there, first IWGP champion. The yes, I, I didn't want to interrupt him because he mentioned Japan like 11 times. But I wanted to, <laughs> listen, the first ever, listen, listen, your current <laughs> intercontinental champion right now, Tetsu Naito, the first one's right here, man. Shinsuke? The first one's right here, man. Right? Kota Ibushi? This one's right here, man. You know what I mean? Very like, the, the very first one, I think, man. I think I'm the only professional wrestler to hold a submission victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh. I think. And since he retired, that's it. Shinsuke, you can't even <laughs> get your rematch back. <laughs> he can't no receipts, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Cut that out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, no nah, man, you know what? <clears throat> really, I, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful time, all things considered. Because even though I say this all the time, I'm a classically trained professional wrestler, okay. and everything evolves. Yeah. When I came in the business and I started, you had you know ECW, the Attitude Era, and you had guys. Oh, you guys don't know what you're doing. Doing all those flips and crashing through tables and <laughs> killing the business and you're doing it wrong. And <clears throat> apparently we weren't. Every generation says the next generation is doing it wrong. Shout out to Joy Janella who just <laughs> elevated that man. Yeah, yeah, so I you know, I I'm I'm not a fan of of intergender wrestling, for example. Because I come from a different mindset. I'm thinking, when I approach professional wrestling, the way I came to it, it's simulated combat. Okay. You don't have intergender combat. No. But there's this new generation that is approaching professional wrestling from, this is scripted entertainment. It's the video game, cosplay generation. So it's a different mindset. Yeah. So I'm not going to say they're wrong because thousands of people are buying tickets to see that, to participate in that. So this comes back to my original point. There's a market for it. If people are buying it, then do that. You know, go there, enjoy that. But I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh, that's garbage. I hate it." I don't care for it. You know what? I don't watch it. Okay. As we all say, we always say on the podcast, it's wrestling is very subjective. Yes. There's so many exactly. elements, and it's a very complex thing. This thing we call wrestling. It's, it's you know. It's, so. it, we, it like it's it's oh, so man. many shades of gray. It's so many shades, it, and like CT was just about to say, it's complex but yet simplistic. Mm-hmm. This is the greatest form of theater. As a film student, there's no greater form of theater than watching wrestling. Well, years ago. In Tampa, 
there was a bunch of uh, guys that I don't I don't know the details of it. I just remember there was a bunch of guys that somehow got booked on on on, on a tour that went over to China, and this is early two thousands. <clears throat> I don't remember who did it, but I just remember when some of the guys came back telling us that wherever the show was, it was a, it was a packed stadium or something. But these people didn't really know wrestling. So it must have been some sort of a paid show or something. And, but they had never seen American Pro Wrestling. So the guys went out there and they told the timeless tale of the good guy and the bad guy. Tiger Chung Lee famously said, I teach you secret to business. Babyface, hands forward. Heel, hands it doesn't matter where you go in the world. If you take two professional wrestlers that know how to tell a story, you can go in front of a bunch of people in China who've never seen wrestling and don't speak English, and in just a few minutes, you can condition them to know, this guy we boo, this guy we cheer. And if you do it right at the end, when the good guy wins, they're going to cheer because the hero overcame the obstacle. Mm. That's what professional wrestling has always been. That story, and that story is as old as mankind itself. It's universal. It is universal. It's <laughs> universal. Before we get out of here, we do want to talk about um, your yeah, out of wrestling ventures, real quick. Um, well, before we we were we've been in communication for a long time. Uh, going back to your one man show in, in oh, London, where we were trying to book, yeah. trying to book <laughs> yeah, you for, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah. yo, come on the show and tell us about that. But um, TED Talk, yeah, TED, TED Talk, yeah. TED Talk, um, CNN. You got yeah. your, you got your purple belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, that's <laughs> so tell us what what, what else? Just, oh, the silver, the, gold, the silver medal. Just, What's, <clears throat> what's what's life outside of wrestling? What what I know you got your son num I as like I know number one priority, but what 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 is what is well, what is keeping your wheels kind of regarding uh, I, I I I train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm, I'm also very competitive. I haven't done a tournament in a while, but um, I competed at the Masters World Championships, the Purple Belt Division, Ultra Heavy. Come on and. Uh, Talk your stuff real quick. I made it to the final round. Uh huh. And I faced Orlando Bacino. Say that name one more time. Orlando Bacino. Look him up. Okay. <clears throat> He's from Argentina. He's a four-time judo Olympian. Won a silver medal in the Pan Am Games. That's who I faced in the final round for the gold medal. A four-time judo Olympian, and he never took me down. <laughs> He got me scrambling a couple times. I lost <clears throat> one time, twice. He hit a foot sweep, and I almost. But I regained my footing. He couldn't take me down. I couldn't take him down. Time ran out. He won a referee's decision. I can't dispute the referee's decision. Yes. You know, in that situation, it was we give a it to call. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where if if I had won that gold medal. My professor was going to promote me to brown belt. Oh. But I got that silver, and I was like, ah! So for the time being, I'm still, I'm, I'm still a, a purple belt. But the cool thing about that is it's not the belt. It's the knowledge behind the belt. Okay, okay. 
Um, so you got the the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, that's filling up your time. Um, I'm, I've been back, as we said, working with WWE in multiple capacities, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, managing VIP lounge. So that's fun. You know, I'm having enjoying that. You know, I wasn't so sure that I'd ever make it back to WWE, and you know, just I, as I said earlier, I came back just for my son, and it, it turned into. Uh, me getting a lot of air time. So Are you enjoying the time back? And I'm having a great time, man. There's so many, uh, so many new faces that I'm, I'm like, what? It's a great locker room. You know? Like, I'm on Raw, so you know, the Street Profits. I man, I love those dudes. They're yeah, awesome. they're, they're, my, they're big yeah. fans. Yeah. Alistair Black, man, he's dope, man. Sharp cat. I like talking to him. Uh, uh, the Viking Raiders, those dudes. I love watching them. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Viking Raiders, yeah, you know. Sure. And then Ricochet and Cedric, man. You just got a great locker room. Everybody's really cool. And it's, uh, it, and for me, it was just very welcoming. You know, everybody's, oh, you do something. And even, you know, behind the scenes crew people that you yeah. don't know who were always very warm and endearing, you know. So, oh, man, so good to see you back, you know. So it's been magnificent for me, man. Um, well, we're um, glad to have you back, man. Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to relaunch the VIP Lounge podcast. That's, okay. that's going to come up. You know, Greeny, uh, a guest of you guys. Come on. Uh, first interview. Yeah. First interview. <laughs> Shout out to Greeny. Alex Greenfield. Thank you so much. So 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 you got you kind of got your, got your hands full. Man, my life is good, man. My it's life good. is wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. And, you know. At this stage of the game, man, I'm 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 still contributing and in, in pro wrestling, and I I'm, I have a, a very active and a wonderful life. So, you know, I, I'm playing with the house's money, dog. You know, I was supposed to be dead a long time ago, but I'm still here. You know, well, thank so. you for contributing. I appreciate it. And I'm sure all your fans appreciate it across the globe. For sure, the two of them right know, here. So, yeah, absolutely. so. so. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, thank you for no, taking it. Good, good to be here, man. You know we go way back. Man. Thank, this guy's on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking the time out. Um, we 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 definitely appreciate it. Yeah, as, we, we on the clock too. As, we got his hall pass. Is gonna be as fire. as, <laughs> as, as wrestlers say, we got the rub. You know what I mean? And we definitely do appreciate that. And he's not lying. My clock is ticking. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap that up. And uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, man. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Have fun. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.